0: Welcome everyone. I'm Jeffrey Goodman, Director of Marketing and Development for the YMCA of Northwest Louisiana and we're here for shreveport Bozier, my city, my community, my home. My guest today is Madison Pochet Madison, Hi. great to have you. I'm
1: so honored to be asked to be here. Thank you so much for reaching out.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we'll hop in. Uh, we were visiting a little bit off camera and uh, I learned... Uh, some great stuff so we'll, we'll, we'll keep forging ahead. Sounds great. All right. I'm
1: only a little bit nervous not knowing what the questions are. <laughs> Trust
0: you. You'll be great. So my, my first couple of questions just to sort of set the stage for who you are a little bit long so just hang in there with me. Um, so here we go. Madison you've been a force in the community. Writer for Heliopolis. Former Director of Admin at SHRAC. Former Project Director of the GDIT LED program at Bipsy, Involved in the Bikeway Pilot Program. A member of the Royal Court of Highland. <laughs> Highland Restoration Association President. And that's just scratching the surface of all the things you've been involved in. I believe you grew up in New Orleans. Received your undergraduate degree from Emory and a master's in nonprofit administration from LSUS. So let's start here. When and how did you come to live in Shreveport? Yeah, that's a great question. Um,
1: thank you so much for uh, understanding <laughs> a little bit of who I am. Um, so I moved to Shreveport about eight years ago for, for one year. <laughs> Um, I was offered a job that I thought I would really enjoy, and I, my plan was to come up here, learn a lot at that job, and then head right back down to New Orleans. And um, kind of the opposite of what I expected happened, where that job didn't work out perfectly, but I really fell in love with this community. Um, and so I kind of started where I was. I was in uh, my 20s and going out downtown and going to different art shows and kind of seeing downtown come back to life a little bit. Like we got one coffee shop and then we got another coffee shop. It was all really <laughs> exciting at the time to be a part of. Um, so I emailed the Arts Council asking if they had a job opening and I wormed my way in to being a part of the arts community and the downtown revitalization at that time and i've just been sticking around ever since
0: and and i asked you this off camera and uh, i'd like you to kind of talk more about it so what does shreveport have that new orleans doesn't have
1: <laughs> well i think my um you know my, my short answer was there's, there's, there's not that much, right? If you're going for a checklist of things that, um, you know, Shreveport versus New Orleans on on paper, there may not be as many, you know, highlights as we would want. But um, in my personal experience, um, you know, one, I just felt very welcomed when I when I moved here, right? I got um, to know the community, and I felt like anytime I would show up in a space. Uh, you know, I was excited to be in Shreveport and people seem excited that I was excited and, um, you know, kind of building that network has been really wonderful. Um, and, you know, the second part of that is that, um, I think I was telling you, in New Orleans I always felt like a spectator, which was great at times, right, you can go hear great live music, and you can go see an amazing Mardi Gras parade, you can go walk in a beautiful park, but, um, in Shreveport, I really felt challenged to be a participant. Um, so you know, to have a bodyguard parade that you want to be in, you might need to be a part of it, right? Um, to walk in the park that you want to see, you might need to send an email to SPAR and let them know what you would like to see in that park. Um, and so I think that that is the, the difference that I find really compelling. Um, you know, Or I was saying for live music, I have seen a lot of bands and musicians grow and to have that personal connection and see them succeed and become stronger musicians, right? Um, like, that's exciting for me. That's that's a higher quality of uh, experience, right, is to be a participant. So I really enjoyed that aspect of being a true porn.
0: And a lot of people will go to a parade that isn't, doesn't live up to their expectations and be dissatisfied or go see a, a live music show and complain because it, it isn't at the level that they expect. So how do you go from, what do you attribute your perspective or your point of view of, of, of being someone who is going to be part of the change and who, who's going to be willing to actually make the effort and take the time to try and affect
1: that's a good question. Um, I think perhaps in, in my kind of years of getting to know the Shreveport community, I've just felt curious, and I've also, I think I've just shown up, right? And if you show up to uh, efforts where people are trying something new, we um, begin to see a few of the same familiar faces, um, and you know if someone is looking for assistance, being able to raise your hand and say I I may not know how to how to do this but I'll but I'll try it out um, has been um, a great opportunity, right? Like I've learned a lot and I've been given a lot of space to learn. Um, and so I don't know if there's a right answer to that, but I think that this city calls for a lot of participation and um, really everyone has the opportunity to, to participate if they're looking around and maybe making a little bit of space
0: right for that love it all right well we're gonna we're gonna shift for a second to a lot of your focus right now um you are now the executive director of the highland center in the words on the website uh, a community center in the heart of shreveport's historic diverse and artistic highland neighborhood there are a number of different ways in which the highland center serves the community when I, when I looked on your website, it breaks your programs and services into three major headings. So talk to me first, if you could, about Highland Center Ministries.
1: Absolutely. Um, so I might start a little bit further back. Sure. <laughs> um, so this year is actually the 100th anniversary of the, the Highland Center facility opening its doors. So um, it started as Highland Baptist Church, and then in the mid-90s, that congregation merged with First Baptist Church, and they had this big facility. Um, So I think that this organization was kind of ahead of its time, because right now there are a lot of congregations around the country that um, have had their members move maybe to the suburbs or their numbers have gone down, but they have these amazing facilities and they are asking like what do we what do we do with all of this space? And so in the mid-90s the, the Highland Center was born and they turned it into a community center. So Volunteers of America ran the space for about ten years. They had a early childhood education program and their different programs throughout the building. Um, and during that time, I guess in two thousand ten A smaller congregation, the Church for the Highlands, moved in and they um, started working with about 10 or 12 other faith based groups that wanted to serve the the working poor in our neighborhood, um, but not just do it piecemeal, but collaborate and work together. So, an amazing and kind of unique effort was formed where all these different groups of different faith backgrounds were working together to. to serve and so they have started they started doing weekly free meals for the community uh free clothing closets and then different financial services so now uh, the highland center ministries have been doing this for a decade We celebrated the 10th anniversary of the highland blessing dinner the free meal on thursdays clothing closets are back open after closing down for covid and then for our financial services we do the only monthly first-time home buyers education class in the area, um, a low-interest loan program that's kind of an alternative to payday lending, and then um, free tax prep, and we have a few other things like we have a low-fee ATM at the center, and so this kind of really beautiful um, collaborative effort helped to bring uh, people together, and it's been serving you know off and on for. In
0: 12 years now. It's amazing. And I was going to ask you about the financial support services, but you, you sort of, is there anything else in financial support services that um, you'd like to share uh, in terms of what's being offered and, and what you'll find at the Highland Center?
1: Um, I think those are three big categories. I can talk about them. Um, so I did not realize that there is Uh, down payment assistance available for uh, low and middle income people who are interested in buying their first homes. But a lot of those programs require that someone goes through a home buyer education class. So every single month uh, we've been doing it for about 10 years now, uh, we have a certified HUD counselor who is uh, offering an eight hour class on home buying. I wish I had taken that because there's so many complicated things about taking on a huge loan and understanding your inspection that is not intuitive, but is really a critical piece of our housing puzzle um, to make sure that, you know, everyone uh, who's credit worthy or could become credit worthy um, has the opportunity to have an affordable home, right? Um, And then our low interest loan program, we've actually reached, uh, surpassed $200,000 loaned out in pretty small increments to neighbors and the majority of those loans go to uh, consolidating payday loans and so you know, our rate is high at 10% but we have people who are paying 300% in loans right, something that starts out as $200 becomes $800 back really quickly um, so again, you know, it's a hand up, not a handout. out um, but I think that that is a great financial tool that a lot of folks, um, I hope, learn about and utilize um, and fills a gap in the community. And then free tax prep, I think that's pretty self-explanatory. And come come, come see us in January and February if you make less than $54,000 per year and we can help with taxes. And that brings about half a million dollars back into our community every year, which is a pretty big investment for you know, some volunteers and if you paid staff, oh,
0: amazing so the the third program and service I saw listed on on y'all's website it mentions a number of different ways in which you're a community resource center um, talk to me about that if you could
1: yeah, we did. Thank you. Um, so you know, I think one big need of our community is is social infrastructure so I'm not gonna go off on a tangent but I was uh, reading about this um, a big heat wave in Chicago, probably 10 or 15 years ago, and um, during that heat wave, uh, a lot of people, a lot more than average, passed away. Um, And as researchers looked into, um, you know, who who suffered the most, unsurprisingly, they found that low-income minority communities had higher rates of death than other communities. When they dug in even more, they would find communities that would have had the same outcomes. They're both lower income, minority majority. Some of them did better than others. And so they found that communities that had strong social connections, that had social infrastructure that could turn to their neighbors and say, I'm not feeling quite right, you know, where can I go for help? Those communities did a lot better in those outcomes. Um, so that's all to say. That, you know, having some social infrastructure in our neighborhood is really critical. And so that's just kind of part, part one. And then, but how do we do that in a way that's meaningful? So one is we don't have a library in our, in walking distance of our neighborhood. And that's not to give the library a hard time. The library can't be everywhere. Um, but sometimes like, people just need to be able to print a document, right? And I know during uh, the heart of the COVID, COVID pandemic and quarantine, I was working with community college students who were asked to move to learning online, but, a lot of folks didn't have a computer in their home, right? Or they weren't able to get online, or they didn't, you know, they needed a little bit more assistance when they're going through a really challenging time to make it to the end of the semester. And so, when libraries close and schools close, you know, a really tough spot. A lot of people went through, you know, really difficult times without having those resources available. And I think in the Highland area, because we haven't had a library uh, or the, you know, the closest rec center is not in walking distance. We've kind of been having a lot of that same challenge that was really acute during the first few weeks of the quarantine. We've been having a similar version of that over a long period of time. Um, So just a place where people can meet and learn um, and kind of uh, get on a computer, right? Uh, I know you had Keith here, I haven't watched that yet, but um, it's estimated that about two thirds of our neighbors probably don't have uh, PC and broadband connection in their home. And that's a really big divide. So we have computers and a printer um, here, so at least we can begin to start to tackle a little bit of literacy question, a little bit of computer literacy, and then we also just have a big gymnasium that we're making use of. So we have basketball practice and dance class happening all, all the time, um, and it's just fun to see uh, people have a safe place to move around and exercise, as I'm sure you guys know here. Um, and then we're also trying to build in Um, You know, not just have the resource, but to build in um, training alongside that. Uh, So we now have evening high set classes, which is the new GED. We have computer literacy classes. um, Who's teaching?
0: Who's teaching like high set? Who's teaching? um, Yeah, that's a great question.
1: So the, the last piece of the puzzle at the Highland Center is that we're also in. Nonprofit office center. So we have about a dozen groups that are all working in the building as well, doing their own mission. But all those missions kind of uh, align to serve our neighborhood. And so, right now, uh, Community Renewal International, they um, have an office in the Highland Center, and they have a staff member who also works at BIPC and teaches the evening high set class. Um, and I've uh, pulled in some friends for our computer literacy classes
0: and so, what other organizations are, are housed or officed at Highland Center uh,
1: thanks for asking so we have I'm going like, to go through the building sure. um, Teen Club is through Volunteers of America they serve high school students after school and during the summertime uh, Level Up works with 18 to 24 year olds who uh, have experienced in homelessness or are aging out of foster care to make sure that they're in safe, stable housing.
0: And that's also VOA level yeah. up? Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: Um, we have, uh, basic necessities is the diaper bank. Mm-hmm. Um, we have our clothing closets, Community <clears throat> Renewal is doing even high set classes as well as some arts entrepreneurship classes. Um, we have a um, licensed professional counselor who's there, and we also have a really interesting um, immigrant ministry program. Um, I'm trying to think of who I'm missing, I'm so sorry. And of course the Church for the Highland is there. Um, so what's kind of beautiful about this and what we're trying to continue to build is maybe someone comes in to play a video game, or right, to get on the computer and print a document, but they might be able to interface with four or five different organizations that have different services that might help them um, stabilize and thrive in their life.
0: It's amazing. And how big is the Highland Center? Like, for people, tell people where it is and tell people just get because yeah. it's, a, it's a very sizable.
1: <laughs> really uh, so, um, for Jose, we're in the heart of the Highland neighborhood. And why I think that is important is I really find this area is so unique, right? It's one of the few areas we have in our region where, um, you know, it's, it's mixed income, right? So, about a third, one out of three neighbors are living in poverty but we also have a lot of capacity um, and um, it, uh, the highest racial and ethnic diversity index in the region which means that it's one of the few places where you have a really high likelihood of living next to someone who has a different racial or ethnic background than yourself right I think that's kind of a big part of um, like the beloved community right is like um, having diversity in our daily lives um, and there's a lot of artists, we have a lot of historic character, um, so we have a lot of assets, but we also have a lot of work to do. Um, so th- what I think of as the Highland neighborhood is north of Kings Highway, um, in between Erie Drive and the Interstate. You can kind of imagine that kind of topped by, what is that? Um, I guess it's a river, pretty much. Um, and so the Highland Center is literally in the middle of this so if you drew a one-mile radius around our building um, you would be in walking distance of you know almost everyone in the neighborhood and so the building is 150,000 square feet so that's like two (laughs) YMCAs. Three almost. Yeah.
0: Almost three of these. It's really big. Yeah.
1: It's really old. We have a lot of work to do. Um, The the building was going to close down three years ago and a big group of supporters got together and not only got the building back, um, became building managers, but also set out on like year-long um, neighborhood assessment and strategic plan to make sure that the facility is not just, you know, not blight, but really meeting the needs of neighbors and beginning to kind of chip away at having a role in um, reducing intergenerational poverty, right, <laughs> which is like our big goal. Um, and so we have you know, big strategic goals and big plans. Um, we wanna make sure that we are that hub where people can find you know, both fun activities to do, social connections, but also the resources that they need to stabilize and thrive.
0: Awesome. All right, so we're going to move away from Highland Center for a Sec. Um, <clears throat> you, you have your ear to the ground, and as I mentioned earlier, you've been greatly involved since being in this community. From your perspective, what are some of the things that are holding us back? What's that?
1: Holding us back from what? Uh,
0: whatever. Um, so
1: kind of like, maybe what does Shreveport need? To
0: where do we struggle in, the uh, most? Where 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 do we need the most TLC? Just
1: yeah. Um, okay, I'm also gonna answer this question in the, the, the run. Please. Um. So, I um, I really like this model out of Atlanta from a group called Purpose Built Communities and they have identified three big areas that all need to work together for a neighborhood to be stable. So I tend to think of the, you know, I don't, I don't know what the whole city needs, but maybe if I can work within neighborhood as a unit of measure, we can make some incremental progress. Uh, so there are three big areas are, um, housing, like cradle to career education, and then well-being. And so I might, I mean, this is, know if I'm going off on a tangent, but if I had to like start breaking that down, um, one for housing, I think that Shreveport's in a really unique situation because all these other cities around the country are having an affordable housing crisis. And our crisis is a little bit different, right? Like we have a lot of housing, but we are missing quality affordable housing. Um, We just have a lot of adjudicated property that needs to be brought back online. You know, I think we need to continue to uh, invest in the core of the city to make areas more walkable. Um, so, I think if we could begin to chip away at some of the adjudication, blight, maybe um, landlords that have bought buildings but are just kind of waiting to see if someone else will do the work, um, we could have a more um, equitable housing um, landscape. It's really feasible, right? Uh, or hopefully it's feasible, I don't know if it's really feasible. <laughs> um, and then part two of that is like, what do you do when you walk outside of your house? And so we were talking a little bit earlier about reform street Fort and some of the principles that I think they brought to my attention on walkability, right? Like we should be able to have a lot more Barkstow uh, Boulevard, you know, where it's, they slowed down traffic, they got some bike lanes and on-street parking, Sidewalks are comfortable to walk down. We're
0: talking about East Bank yeah, sorry, for East Bank. those out yeah. there.
1: Yeah. Um, and all of a sudden, all of these businesses have popped up because it's really comfortable to walk between businesses and spend your money and spend a whole evening there, right? And I really think that we could, you know, with, without doing, like, a multimillion-dollar investment, have 10 business corridors that look like that, right? Uh, we're also talking about, you know, My dream is to see a slower King's Highway. We already have like one lane that's closed all the time, so it's not that different. Um, (laughs) But like I was saying earlier, that um, there was a frozen yogurt place across from Centenary College that we think might have closed down. And I think it's closed because it's just not comfortable for students to walk across the street. Um, And so I think we could have a lot more walkable business corridors. If we thought a little bit more strategically about um how an individual how how a neighbor might approach those businesses rather than how we might drive past them to wherever we're going most efficiently Uh, okay so that's housing um education i mean k-12 is not my lane i'm sure there are many many other people who can talk about that but what i'm excited to say is that the highland center we're working on expanding uh, pre-K, or early childhood education program, and then also thinking about um, workforce development and um, adult education, starting with uh, GED, high psych classes. Um, so, I mean, workforce development, early childhood education, I, mean, I think those are probably buzzwords for everyone in the city, but that's not my area of expertise. And then, um, well-being, that's probably more, <laughs> Uh, for the YMCA's lane. Um, I think one piece of that puzzle, it's not everything. Well, I'll say two things. One is, um, when we think about, you know, I guess like, what services are we providing and for whom? Um, you know, what I think the Highland Center is able to do, or capable of doing, is making accessing social services that people need to um have a comfortable life rights to stabilize and move forward accessible right so I'd love to see more nonprofits um communicating, having more of a centralized plan for like anti-poverty work. Um so that's part one and then two is like we actually do have a lot that's going well and we might just need to celebrate it sometimes. And so I think what you're doing here about holding up a mirror to the city, anything that we can do to tell our story and tell it in a positive light, right, is really helpful. Um, Okay, I feel like I'm off on a tangent. But I think those are kind of the big areas that we can be working on. And I'll I'll stop there. No, I love it. (laughs) And you
0: said something off camera, which I really liked, and I'll just cue you, and hopefully you can go back there. You said something about, you know, if I can just start with my block. Absolutely. So talk a little bit about, I mean, you did a little bit because you kind of said, yeah. let me start with my neighborhood, but let's let's go even more micro.
1: No, I think that, um, like, figuring out what Shreveport needs is so overwhelming. You know, no one really has the, the full vision. Um, but what everyone <clears throat> can do is walk outside on, you know, their block and say, you know, what what does this block need to be um, a, a better place for people to live? And you know, in in Highland, you know, sometimes that looks like figuring, you know, we're reporting a, a trash pickup, right? We're making sure that you know a kid walking to school is not walking past any public health hazards. Um, and I think if we all kind of started there and chose one one thing, checking on a neighbor. Um, it becomes a lot easier to, to tackle the bigger questions when we're starting with the reality, right? That's in front of us. Um, so I'm sure that looks different for everyone, but um, there's a lot that you can do.
0: And do you feel like if someone said, you know, do you feel like do you feel like it's your responsibility to? be involved in your community or to make your community better or to give back? Like, how do you, how do you kind of think about that or uh, wrap your head around that?
1: Yeah, you know, um, when I I first moved here, I I was um, doing some work and I was like, I can't believe everyone's not doing what I'm doing, right? And as I sat back and, like, talked to people, I realized that, like, Everyone that I met is doing something really interesting. It might be helping at their church, it might be helping at their school, it might be helping a family member who's struggling, but I think you know most people are doing, um, I mean, I feel like everyone I know is just doing something totally above and beyond, <laughs> right? And it may not look like standing up and talking at a city council meeting, um, but we're just like surrounded by people who are doing incredible loving work all
0: of the time that I'm um, um I wouldn't I wouldn't be jaded if uh, it doesn't look like it every day right perfect all right so I'm gonna move I'm gonna move on to this my final question we we may keep talking but um my last question for you is what makes you hopeful that we're headed in the right direction
1: to go around that, we're not fighting over them. Cut that out, like right? right. Um, <laughs> but I think that you know, a lot of times when I see someone trying something new, um, our community shows up for it, right? And um, I think there are a lot of a lot of folks who are working really hard to um, you know move the needle in their you know area of expertise just um, so many people who are so dedicated to what they do that every person in my world gives me hope um, because you know, not only are they working hard but we have the opportunity to start connecting more, more dots in our community That's yeah. <laughs> and do
0: you do you feel like I mean since you've been here you've been here eight years do you feel like I mean do you feel like you've seen progress in the eight years since you've been I mean do you feel like we're in a better place eight years later than we were when you first arrived as a community, do you feel like we're in the same place? Do you feel like we're, we're, we've regressed? Uh, Just how do you kind of see the eight year trajectory since you first arrived?
1: Yeah, that's interesting. Um, Well, I'll say that my world um, started kind of around downtown and it's expanded into Highland. And so um, in my smaller perspective, Yeah. I mean, when I was going downtown eight years ago, it was like, you know, I was walking past a lot of blight. And now, I mean, every time I walk to work in Highland or swing through downtown, you know, I I see construction, right? Um, Or people who are investing in buildings. So it's, it feels slow sometimes. It's not like, you know, we have like skyscrapers popping up um but i do think that you know the pandemic may have slowed as special say, like downtown's momentum um but yeah i think there are a lot of different pieces that are all coming together and it can be slow but if we you know left and came back in five years i think we'd be really surprised and hopeful about um where where we're going and kind of changing some of our
0: perspectives well madison i love having you here um i'm 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 really uh proud of all the work you're doing um we're we're lucky you you came to shreveport and have stayed here and um i really look forward to staying in touch watching uh everywhere you go because i think um each place you touch is going to be um left uh in a much better place so thank you
1: Thank you so much for your kind words
0: and thank you guys for having me. Absolutely.